you guys welcome to this week's episode of the temple of hoop podcast i am your co-host coach maples aka j mapes here as always uh with kings kings was popping man we're doing solid you know we're trying to uh you know put away this nfl sunday loss oh you know it's just you know this today didn't happen you feel me in my opinion, <laughs> we just gonna neuralize nah man shout out shout out flaws man you got it today 19 to 9 i'm sick of that guy man you got you got it, floss. <laughs> but nah. Um every now and then, like again, we we just again want to reiterate how appreciative we are as you guys keep tapping in. Uh last week was our far far most listened to episode. Uh the homie ball don't stop tapped in with us, uh gave us a gaze into his mind. That was that was a, honestly one of the funnest discussions I bet we've ever had on this show. Um we just did kind of want to give back. So, you know, we did the mailbag thing once. It was fun. So we're trying to make it more consistent. So we have our first mailbag episode. Uh, we got some good questions here. Some jokes from some of the homies yeah. over here. But uh, you ready to do this, bro? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Hop into right. it. First, uh, from our good friend, supporter of the pop, Habibi Ting. Habib Ting, excuse me, I think Habib Ting, that's what it is. Which team looks promising or safe on paper but will implode come playoff time and why? Man, that's a tough one. I might, I might, I might make some people upset with this one. But uh, based on their trajectory last year and way they'll probably end up this year, um, you got to kind of take them, the Suns probably. Ooh, uh, the Suns, because think about it, um, you know, as bad as the Lakers have looked, I still have them make somehow making the Western Conference final. I think some, you know, they're going to have a crazy deadline and they're going to solve a lot of issues that they should have solved before. Um, you think it's going to be moving like that for the Lakers? Yeah, because I think what had happens, I think Jeannie tried to be cheap and, and think she could compete with what, with what it was. And I think Clutch is going to have that talk like they had with Dan Gilbert. Tell him, <laughs> hey, if you, want, if you want it to shape, you got to come up off the bread. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it, it's going to be one of those. And I think that you're going to see moves made at the deadline that's going to put them in position, I think, to be better than where they are now. Because I do think they have you know, even though they they lost a lot of flexibility for this rush trade, I still do think they have enough to uh, fix the margins on the wings. I know it's a lot to ask of Trevor Ariza to come back and be great, but I do think Trevor Ariza will come back and fit really well with this team. And I do, and if they just get one starting caliber wing with the XX guards and the first round pick in 2027, they can just get one starting caliber wing. Uh, to you know, I mean, to make this work, and you know, to be able to just play off the the other three guys, I think they'll be a Western Conference final team, and I think Golden State's the best team in the West. 
when they get Clay back and Wiseman, you can make a case they'll be the best team in the NBA. So um, I think they're going to be there. So I just think the Suns, the second round, uh, you know, all this is contingent again on the Lakers and the deadline, but I just think some they'll make something happen. And I don't think, you know, the Suns will be able to beat them uh, this year, in my opinion. Huh. For me, uh, I, mean, I actually like watching this team in the regular season this year, but I just – I got to go with Utah, man. It's just – See, I was, think, I was thinking – Yeah, I just I, – I, go ahead, go ahead. Before I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking Utah first, but I feel like everybody expects them to fizzle out in the playoffs. Like I just <laughs> – I still think people – I think people are buying the Suns, and I get it. The Suns are really good. Like I said, I just think, you know, the Warriors are obviously going to be great this year. And I just think LeBron and AD went healthy. And once they fix things at the deadline, we'll find a way to, to come out. Yeah, it's just when I was when I watched for the Jazz, obviously they're a regular season machine. They just know how to churn out wins with their the system is just pretty incredible. Um I just I just my only thing is 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 if Rudy has taken the steps offensively to where they can't get punished by small ball. Because if you look at it, Rudy had his best year actually defending off switches last year. He wasn't a liability at all. He was actually like it was actually uh, didn't make any sense to really, you know, switch out uh, on him or attack him and pick and roll and get him to switch. He was much better. The issue is when teams go small and he has to end up having his primary matchup as a small guy and he had was drawn away from the rim and exposed the other four guys. That was the issue defensively. Now, offensively, what he had to do, in my opinion, was be dominant enough against six five six six guys where the other coach had to keep a big out there and pretty much nullify the five out that people were that the Clippers were attacking them with and he just couldn't do it. I just haven't seen the offensive jump necessary for them to get over that hump. But there'll be a number, you know, two, three C when all said and done, I think just they just churn out wins and then um a lot of people keep telling me that Con- not having Conley was the bigger issue. But, you know, we'll see. You know, for a funny thing, for all the talk about, you know, the Blazers, you know, not blowing it up and and, and all that, they, they've they gone farther in this stretch than the Jazz have. The Jazz has still not seen the conference final, or at least the Blazers made one. So, um, I think it's because Donovan Mitchell's only 25. Well, yeah, I know because he's young, but it's just like, do you expect him to do it this year? No. So then he becomes, what, 26 next year? Do you expect them to do it next year? It's like, you know, at some point they got they got to make the decision. The Blazers have to. You just have to. Well, I, I just think. Well, he he just signed his extension. Uh, they just extended Rudy. I think the the stuff about like Ingles is in his mid early mid thirties, Collins is mid thirties, so stuff that's like why, that. That's why I mean, guys like that are going to have to get flipped. You know, not obviously you're going to build around. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to build around Mitchell. You're going to build around uh, Rudy, but you know, guys like. Uh, you know, Conley, guys like uh, Ingles, guys like uh, Bogdanovich, you know, you got to possibly come up with those guys and see if you can find somebody else to fill in that third row. Maybe go for a, uh, a Bogdan, a Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, and try and make that your third. Like, you have to try and get creative. Yeah, I raise this to people who know they said the owner of the Jazz is, like, filthy rich. Like, he's not pressed by any of this tech stuff at all. Yeah, like a lot of even though it's a smaller market, they say he's not pressed at all by any of this luxury tax. So he's going to do whatever to keep the 
like keep the window open. So that's the other thing. They're 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 a small market team, but not typical small market. So I think they'll hang on as long as they think they got a legitimate shot. But we'll see. Maybe you know, maybe I have them a Dallas Mavericks year that that you no know, breakthrough. And everybody said break it up. They push through. Um, yeah, definitely cool. All right, Kevin. Kevin or Stellar asks, what skill sets are a priority you, to you guys for successful basketball? That's a good one. For me, you got to be able to, uh, I think you got to be able to attack closeouts. You got to be able to um, make uh, make decisions. Make decisions. Um make quick decisions with the ball without having to dribble the ball. Um, and you also have to, I think for me, you also have to be able to uh, finish at the rim. I think those things are important and cutting. I think those skills are important because most guys are not going to be stars. You know what I mean? So it becomes what traits can you make to maximize your role, you know, make, maximize your role as a role player. I think that's what's the type of traits you need to have to be a good player. Obviously, now if you're talking about who, what you're gonna need to be to make a good star, now we can get into okay, you gotta be able to have counters, right. you gotta finish in the mid range, gotta be able to uh, finish with both hands, you know, up and under. You know, talk about the bag. You know what I mean? Like, are you gonna be a post guy, oriented guy? Are you gonna be a perimeter oriented guy with the hezies, all that? But you're just talking about in sense of the general NBA player. I think you gotta be able to finish. You gotta be able to attack closeouts. You got to be able to um, make decisions without the ball. You know, basically the type of role players you having success in the, in the warrior system. You know, you talk about guys being able to read and react, guys being able to cut, guys being able to finish, guys being able to hit open shots, being able to attack closeouts, and be able to make quick decisions and uh, for the team and put their teams in a good place to uh, succeed. Right. I, I, this is a twofold question for me. Like, just uh, from an IQ standpoint, I think what skill set is your processing speed, able to see, to be able to see what's going on in front of you and process it at a high, at a high efficiency, and uh, make the right decision. I think that's the a, a good skill. But for me, if I was to pick one, um, I'm a big harper like on shooting. But I think just if you can handle the basketball and get where you want to go, I think that makes you, you know very useful in the basketball court. Like you said, attack closeouts, things like that. Uh, put the defense really at a disadvantage. I think that's the most uh, important thing. Also, this is also position dependent as well. You right. know? So that's that's the other part of the question. But I think if you can handle the ball, I think that sets you up to be you know successful. You know, obviously, there's always going to be place for shooters, but I think being able to compromise a defense off the bounce is extremely important as well. It's probably the two main things, in, in my opinion. So, good question, Kevin or Stellar. Um, from M. Lee, 98. Oh, this is a good one. We've been meaning to talk about this for a minute anyway. The Bulls are currently second in the East. Uh, I think they moved the first, actually, tonight with the win. Um, do you think they should trade the assets of Pat Will, Kobe, Ayo, or let the young guys grow with the core this really comes down to um can you retain zach levine or zach you know zach levine can you retain him right um because you know if he's resigning there's one of those things where you could wait out like pat williams development um 
But also it comes down to what type of team you want to build as well, I think. Um, do you have enough room for Pat Williams to develop the way he needs to develop, right? Because you're going to be relying on Zach Levine. You're going to have DDR and uh, Lonzo be it those those next guys to either create for themselves like Demar does or create for others like Alonzo does. If you're going to use those guys, then what use, how does Pat Williams develop? You know what I mean? So then it becomes probably better in that sense to move Pat Williams, to move Kobe White then for somebody that is going to give you that uh, dominance at the, uh, at the five spot. Um, you know what I mean? If you, you're looking at, if, you know, the Suns don't want to pay Aiden, Maybe you start giving up picks and you giving up Williams, you're giving up Kobe, and you call them up and you go, like, hey, if you don't want to pay him, we'll give you these. <laughs> you know I mean? So it's like, you know, you have to start thinking like that. If if you're the if you're the Bulls, if you're really gonna build off Levine, you're gonna really gonna build off Damar, you're really gonna build off um Caruso, you're gonna build off Alonzo, then it's like, okay, you need that big. Uh, Vucevic's really not that guy who's gonna be that. Uh, you know, both ends, but you can get somebody Aiden. If you can get somebody, you know, even if even though Cat isn't gives you the same issues Vucevic gives you defensively, he gives you way more offensively. Yeah, I he's think. more. I think he's more consistent and reliable offensively. More consistent on offense. So it's like if you can get a Cat, you can get a uh, you know an Aiden. You know, what I mean, I think then you have to start looking at okay, let's see if we can package Pat Kobe and more picks and really build the contender uh, based off the core we have right now. That is a good one. Now, um, what I think with the Bulls is, I think a lot of it is, um, where do they think they are as a team? If you feel like you made this jump and you had these pieces and you're this, you know, far away, right? You maybe package those guys. You know, Sacramento, I feel like it's going to just pretty much blow everything up soon. You say, hey, take these young guys who aren't on their – aren't on big deals yet. Let's add it up and then give us Harrison Barnes, right? Let's say you, you're able to add Harrison Barnes to what they're doing and Harrison Barnes can kind of replace what Pat was, right? That 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 3-4 hybrid spot, but he's just more experienced, playoff experience, right? And I think that – and I think that's the Bulls' weakness anyway is the what I see. They just don't have a guy for a, a, a KD or a Giannis. Like, say, here, you guard that guy. Or here's a size for that guy. Because right now it's big on, like, Lonzo's guarding somebody. Lonzo's guarding bigger wings right now. Even Caruso's guarding bigger wings right now. I, I don't know if you want DeRozan. You know, he's scoring low. So you're not going to want him guarding, chasing those guys uh, around. They just don't have a, a, a big wing stopper. And even Harrison Martin's not a stopper. He's just he's – a, he's a good defender. But, 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 and this is my point though. When you look at how they're going to close out, they're going to close out with Caruso. They're going to close out with Lonzo. They're going to close with DeMar. They're going to close with Levine, right? That's how they're going to close games. So that means the five has to be an elite defender. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's why I say they need to go for an Aiden. You know, they need to go fishing for Aiden or uh, somebody of that caliber defensively at the five, maybe a Miles Turner that's cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need to get that type of big because. They're going to be closing with Caruso, Alonzo, Demar, Levine. So then they need the backline guy to be able to clean up people's mess. I think, I think realistically they should be looking at Miles Turner. I think that'll be the most realistic get for them without giving up too much. Right. And here, and here's my thing: like the Bulls aren't really in like 
how does their defense translate to the playoffs for you? Because their defense has been way better than advertised because, you know, without a shot block, everybody figured, well, with Vooch back there, you know, shot blocker, you got Levine, DeRozan, who are mid at best on defense. You know, Lonzo Caruso are smaller guards, not going to be able to match up. Their defense has been pretty top tier to start the season. Do you think that's something that translates or they need to get that big? Uh, do you What do you think? I think DeMar and Zach Levine did a good job of competing on that end. You know, so, so you know, because Lonzo and Caruso, you know what they're going to give you. But I think Levine and DeMar competing on that end and not being, you know, not making it easy is what's allowing them to be a formidable defense and not being one that has weak links. You know what I mean? Because even as good as Caruso and Lonzo is, if Lamar, if DeMar and Levine are not, um, you know, are not a, a – competing on that end, they're gonna get they're gonna get got. You know, I mean they're gonna be able to be given a point. But I think them competing is what's keeping them uh, afloat. But we all know what what it is in the playoffs when that game slows down, gets physical, and uh guys are are hunting and guys are uh looking to exploit the weaknesses, that's when that rim pressure is really gonna get to them. That's when the guys like Harden, the guys like Giannis uh, you know, the guys like um, Embiid, the guys like Jimmy Butler, that's when they're going to become a problem is when these games slow down and those guys are living inside and there's just not anybody inside who can stop them. And that's why I said they need to go out. I think they need, to, you know, Aiden is like a big pond type of thing. Like it's something like a, it's like a lottery hit. You know what I mean? But it's like, I think they need to just get Miles Turner. I think they need to really go get my, it's like they believe that they could really compete. I think they need to get Miles Turner. That's crazy because the Pacers seem to be holding on to these players. They have this dream of just being extremely mediocre. It's kind of not broken. They could get things. They have so many players that they could really stock yeah, up on a ton of young assets for. So yeah, I mean, a lot we'll, of see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, another Bulls related question real quick. To add on to this, we'll have to go back to it. Um, how serious do you guys take the Bulls? Um, or are they just a cute first round exit? And that is from LV underscore Bentley. How do y'all feel about the Bulls so far? Do you think they go the distance or are they a scrappy first round exit? I don't think they go the distance, but my ceiling for them is they could be last year's Hawks, where they stay, depending on they get the right matchup in the second round, they could like find themselves in the conference finals and they'd be like, what the how the hell did they get there? Like that's my that's my ceiling for them. Yeah, they have they would have to get a they have to get a good draw. Right. I'm not sure that they will though with how my with first because the reason why I say that is because one, they're being they're good in the regular season. So they'll probably get a high seed, which means that they'll will face <laughs> they will probably it depends it, like it really depends on the seeding. Because they're good and they and it's like if they finish in the top three, right? Then they're most likely going to be able to see, you know, uh, a New York Knicks. You know, what I mean, they're going to be able to play. Um, they're going to be able to play like a a a, a Boston, a Charlotte right. team. So that's when it's like okay, or maybe even a Washington Wizards. You know, then it's like then it's like okay, you know, yeah, I can see you going to the second round. You know, at that point, they may be getting a good matchup in the second round as well. But even then, in the second round, like, I just don't think they can avoid – I can't seem to get in the conference round because 
I they just there's not they're not gonna be able to avoid Miami, Boston, uh, Miami, uh, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn before the the conference finals. Like I I just don't see that. I don't think there's any path for them to avoid all three of the four conference finals. I think for me their ceiling's a second round team because they're gonna face one of those three teams and they just don't they will not be able to match up in with those teams in the playoffs series. And uh, because of what we said about the weakness inside, but also, you know, um, you know, and the Bulls fans want to be upset. Uh, they they want to believe because, you know, they're back. They're playing great. But look, bro, the same way people talk about Russell Westbrook because of what they've seen and the film he's shown is the oh, same yeah. <laughs> thing with Mar DeRozan. I don't care if you don't want to hear it. I don't care if it don't sound good. But we say this for a reason. We've seen it multiple times. We have the stats to show it. We could just look at the most recent playing game as an example of what happens. Like, I'm sorry. The evidence is there. The film is there. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. And when people say, Laker fans, you stop being delusional. We've seen Westbrook. Well, you need to stop doing the same thing with DeMar DeRozan, bro. Like, it's the same thing. It's, it's, if it happens, nobody will be shocked. But it's hard to believe that it won't happen. So I'm just not going to go, like, pretend like it won't happen. I got them capped as a second-round team. I actually don't hate the Miami matchup for them, but we'll keep a close eye on that. I, but other two, I get you, because I, I just don't think they had anybody to guard stars. But the Miami matchup, I don't, I don't hate it for them. But you raise a great point about DeRozan. Which one will show up? We don't know. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, let's see here. Adam Thomas. The Honorable A.T. asks, how do you think the Luke Walton firing will affect the play-in in the West with Coach Gentry taking over as interim coach? I think they will look a lot more fluid offensively. If anything, Alvin is an incredible offensive mind. So I think offensively, the I think Sacramento has a chance to really blossom into some rhythm. Um, they just can't guard anybody. I have them as a fringe playing team anyway. Um, out there with, you know, Minnesota, I think, is down there. Um, you know, Denver lost uh, possibly Porter for the season, but, you know, Jokic is a tank, so we don't know. Jokic is just, he knows how to win, win in the regular season. But, yeah, I just think they're a fringe playing team, probably bottom like in that 9, 10, 11, more so than 7, 8, 9. But I don't think much changes. You know, I think I think Gentry is an improvement over Luke, to, to be honest. Um, so, but what about you, James? Yeah, offensively, they're going to be way better. And Luke's calling card, I think, what in the league, uh, for what it's it's has been his defensive prowess. Um, that's I think what that's what people have uh, harped on him is that he's made you know younger teams be able to be up tempo, but also be able to compete on the defensive end. And that's what he was doing with the Lakers, you know, supposedly. But uh, you know, offensively, he's not. He look look always look lost in terms of trying to get you know organized um, organized flow, organized sets. It's always been just more up-tempo than anything else. But I think Alvin Gentry will have the same up-tempo. I feel like he'll have better plays. He'll have better sets. You know what I mean? He'll have better principles as well. Uh, Gentry can coach offense. Uh, that's just without a doubt. Um, defensively, it's going to be – they're not going to play a lot of it. But uh, maybe they'll be a funner team, a funner product. Uh, and maybe that's what they need to be with this type of, with the type of guys they run. I mean, Rashawn Holmes – uh, with a undersized guy, they play about Hallie and Fox um, together. 
I think it's just better for them to lean on their offense, especially with Buddy Hill being a crucial part. Better for them to lean on their offense and focus on getting key stops here and there with Barnes, with uh, Mitchell, and with Hallie to just get stops here and there and then try to outscore teams. I think that'll be that's their that's their best shot of being competitive. Yeah, I'm just and you know what? Actually, an interesting stat I heard about Sack every starter has a positive net rating except De'Aaron Fox. Like that was kind of insane to me. How, how that work was Zach. And maybe that's because he plays a lot of second units or whatever. So that just obviously what goes in. There's a lot that goes into that. But I found that very interesting that every starter except De'Aaron Fox had a positive net rating. So we'll see what happens with Zach. Um, I thought Alvin maybe, you know, probably best that he did move on from New Orleans, but, you know, maybe not the best ending. But Hopefully he does well though. You know, I'm you know, you know me, me, I'm I'm always support black coaches, even if they do, you know, coach at a rival. Um let's see here. Got a bunch of Laker questions. We're gonna save those for down the road. Here we go. <laughs> what guard should the Pelicans draft? I'm going to say this, uh, that team is so terrible right now. They just need to take the best player available and work it from there. They're not in the position to be saying uh, what doesn't fit. Uh, that's my assessment on the pill. We haven't talked much about the Pelicans. We're not going to be spending time talking about a 2-97 basketball team. Um, but, yeah, the, whatever, the Pelicans are drafting where I think they are. They just got to take the best people. There's Chet, Paolo. Or Hardy, that's the top three. Whatever they pick, just take the guy and then move forward and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. Pick, pick <laughs> available. I mean, I would have to do – I would also have to do a deep dive on on the scouts, on the guards too. But, uh, uh, I was, you know, I always like to do my scouting on, on prospects later in the year. I don't like to do it like uh, – uh, I, don't, I don't – I'm not – I don't like to project early because so much can change with college prospects – from now to later. So I always like to do my scouting after the games has been played. So I, I can't give tell you who they should draft because that will change in like the next yeah. few months. So, but like, as Maple said, wherever they're drafting, just <laughs> that's available because they need everything. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Right. So, you know, that was an easy one. Ah, good one. Here we go. Blake3234 asks, what is the perfect spot for Ben Simmons out of these three teams, Clippers, Hawks, or Timberwolves. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't think the Clippers have the assets to trade for him, so I'm probably gonna next them out. I would absolutely love him to be with the Hawks. Uh, I know King's probably gonna lean Timberwolves. That's his squad. Uh, but I think the Hawks and Timberwolves can put competitive offers together for him. Um, I'm probably gonna lean Hawks. But so what? Who you got there? Yeah, I remember I, I remember I brought that up on one of our episodes. I actually said the Hawks should be one of the teams that do. I don't know if Philly would be interested in doing it to individual rival, especially one that beat them the way that they did. But uh, I, I do think the Hawks would be a good fit, and I think it would be the most competitive fit for Ben Simmons where he could actually help a quote-unquote contender um, while, you know, while, while the Philly obviously gets good assets in return. Um but I think Minnesota can still also give assets in terms of good high picks as well as some, uh, you know, decent young talent for them. So I think either or, but I think the Hawks is the best. Wow. Timberwolves fan said the Hawks was the best. Yeah, it's the best fit, but I, I you know, 
because of the in-conference shit, or because, you know, sorry, shooting my cousin, but because of the in-conference <laughs> competition, it'll probably, the Wolves will probably be what they prefer. Copy. All right, good one. Uh, M underscore Bilal35 asks, even though shooting is a premium in the league, do you guys think committing big money to players with only elite skill is shooting can be a bad idea? That is a great question. And my answer is absolutely <laughs> yes, it can be a bad idea. Well, can you repeat that question? He said, even though shooting is at a premium in, in the league, do you think committing big money to players whose only elite skill is shooting can be mm-hmm. a bad idea? And my question answer to that is absolutely yes. Uh First example that pops in my head is Bertans for the Wizards. Yeah, uh, all he did was shoot. He shot extremely well. Um, they got him the big money, and you know, well, let's, guys, let's look at the guys. Let's 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 really look at the these recent guys who've gotten paid right because they're such elite shooters. And now everybody's like, that's a bad contract. Bertans, Duncan Robinson, and also. Your boy, the boy Joey Harris over there. And right. All these dudes who got big money because they were elite at shooting, now they're looking like liabilities. So it's the extremes in basketball, it just never pays pays off. Like if you're too extreme with one skill set, like it's just just paying somebody just to be that only is just not gonna be useful. Uh, you know, guys like Buddy Hill, guys like Seth Curry, who can shoot the ball at a high level, but also can able to do more things offensively. Those guys have more value in certain offensive roles on competitors because or contenders because they're able to be more dynamic offensively. Harris is not dynamic. Duncan Robinson is not dynamic. Bertans are not dynamic. They literally just come off screens and shoot 10 threes a game. That's all they do. Yeah, I, I like. Curry's contract compared to some of these other shooters was just kind of amazing to me, considering he had like a lot of his stuff off the dribble. But you know, we'll 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 see how that. But I think that's definitely going to be a pendulum that's going to swing back the other way in terms of playing paying all these shooters and to do nothing else well, big money. So that was a great question. Uh, yes, absolutely, it can burn you. Absolutely, uh, I think the Wizards regret it. I think the Nets regret it, and. Unless Robinson makes a big, he is on my fantasy team and he's taking it uh, a lot right now. So unless Duncan Robinson turns that around, I think Miami will start to get it. So we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. Shooting is definitely, you know, that's a tricky thing to evaluate in the league. Um, what should the Knicks do to fix the starting lineup? Uh, background behind this question, the Knicks have the worst starting lineup net rating in the NBA. Uh, ball starting lineups. And somebody said, what should the Knicks do to fix their starting lineup? Uh, well, first of all, you got your best point guard on the roster coming off the bench, which is yeah, Derrick Rose. I, I, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's <laughs> one problem. Yeah, so but I think he's just he, I think he's a six. He's comfortable in that six man row right now. I think Tibbs hasn't finished in games anyway, so that's what really matters. Um, I think the other thing is you need Julius Randle to play better. Uh, he was second team All NBA last year. I don't. I, I, he's not anywhere close to that right now. I think that's the main thing. The guys you lean on aren't giving you. Uh, what you want, and, and on top of that, Fournier's been absolutely terrible. Uh, he thought that everybody thought he was a sneaky ad, and he's been awful. Yeah, Fournier's cooked. Uh, Randall can't fell back to earth, but he's still giving 20. It's on 43, but he's giving you 20 and 10. Look, 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 look. You drafted this guy. What is he, the number two pick 
at some point you have to show up, bro. 15 points a game on 39% shooting. Year three, you're, this, this guy's in year three. That is the number one problem for the Knicks. This guy is not playing at even a star level. If R.J. Barrett gave you 21, 5-5 five and five on 45, 40 to 45%, we are not having this conversation. We just aren't having this conversation. But he's been bad. Not even just bad, he's been terrible. He's been absolutely terrible. That is their main reason why the offense sucks. Because now you need Kemba to do more. Now you need Fournier to do more. And they're just not capable of doing more than a limited role. You need RJ to be a star-level player so you can also take pressure off Randall. Because if RJ puts those numbers up, Randall's numbers go up. Fournier's numbers go up. Kemba Walker's numbers go up. Because guess what? Now teams are shifting coverages to R.J. Barrett, letting these other guys get easier, better looks, and being able to produce better. But because you can't do anything, now you have to rely on all these other guys to be better. You got We got to be careful with that. You know, R.J. Barrett is, you know, that's that's New York THT, boy. They don't play about R.J. Barrett. Hey, 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 <laughs> I, get, I get it. He's your number two pick. I get you. I get you. But, guys, he's not giving you anything. I don't know what to tell. He's just not doing it. Yeah, I think last year he actually took a big jump. Um, after struggling his rookie year, so I think he maybe he maybe hit another wall. So we'll see. I was one of those guys who never, I, I always believed in RJ Barrett. I thought that Duke team was just a bad fit. So a lot of the guys looked a lot, you know, looked a lot worse than they actually were because the spacing was so bad. You had Reddish Barrett and Zion on the same team. You feel me? It was just, it was just, a, it was just an odd fit. But we'll see how much Knicks, man. You know, I, I watched him a lot because Randall's one of my favorite players. You know, baby Lakers hold it down. But yeah, their, their offense is just it's it's rough to watch, man. Watching that team play offense between the lack of on ball creation, you know, Kevin doesn't have the same burst. Uh, Randall was never the he's more of a bull in a china shop than because guy's going to outright beat you. So it's just it's real tough for the Knicks offensively at this point in time. Um, another good one. You both have often referred to the playoffs as chess matches because they're all about coaching matchups, adjustments, etc. Do you think this year's rule changes will affect playoff strategies and which chess match would you like to see the most? That is a good one. I absolutely think um, the rule changes affect playoff strategies. Um, Normal, I mean, the playoffs are always going to be, beyond the first round, playoffs is always a chess match. I don't think the rules are going to make that any more or less so, right? It's always going to be, and they kind of tighten the whistle up anyway when it comes to that to the that that level of basketball so i wouldn't necessarily say the rule changes would make that happen even more it's going to happen anyway um but to answer the second part of the question what chess match would i like to see the most hmm. i would love to see ty Lu versus kerr if they get Kawhi back that way i think that would be fun to watch so that's the matchup that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing again. But what do you got, Kings? So for me, I um, I think the rules, like, because I, I just feel like every single playoffs, it always gets back to slow down, let physicality happen. So I think it's just going to be the same thing. But I think the rules are going to, I guess, bring it back to maybe even uh, more of a thousands level feel because now you have these new rules that you have the playoff reference. I think it's just going to be more additive 
So now you're going to get way more throwback type of style with the with the playoffs. But, you know, we always used to the playoffs being slow grounded out. As far as the chess match, again, I'm really interested if we get Bucks and and Heat part three. Oh, I don't think we're going to see any sweeps this time around. I think we're going to be in for a real battle. Uh, I think that series could go the distance. Oh. Man, you're going to try to put, try to hang butt out to dry again. <laughs> That's what I think, man. All right, if we get Bucks and Heat Part 3, I, third matchup, you know what I mean? Each team has swept each other the past two years, and it'd be interesting to see how, it, how, how that comes out. Right. Okay, we got all of our non-Warrior and Laker questions out the way. So we got a couple yeah. of Warrior questions. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of Warriors questions, bunch of Lakers questions. Let's start with the dubs. Um, here we go. If Golden State messes around and wins again, do you think their title window extends or will it be a one-off? Uh, I think it extends. Um, honestly, outside of that core three, they got a lot of young guys. They're basically trying to mimic that Spurs model that yeah. compete as we uh, re- compete and rebuild at the same time. So we'll see how that goes. I think the window definitely expands. I think also Steph is one of those guys who's going to age extremely well with his conditioning and how he takes care of his body. And shooting is, you know, the last thing to go on guys. Um, yeah, if they mess around and win it, I think, you know, they got a whole two-year window, two, three-year windows. Nobody else really, you know, pushed them. You know, Lakers are going to be long in the tooth. Uh, the Nets, depending on, you know, how hard and ages. I think he's getting a little bit better shape now, but it's still clear he's not the same guy he was in Houston. Um, Milwaukee's always going to be interesting as long as Giannis is there and in his 20s, always going to be a factor. But, yeah, I think if the, if the Warriors win, they had a, another two- or three-year window. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I do think the Warriors have a that window there because they're good – like their their core is good. Their core is um is aging pretty well. Uh, Draymond, for whatever reason, still is able to compete defensively at a high level. They're good and doing a good job of monitoring monitoring at the five. And if Wiseman comes along, they're really going to be able to protect Draymond more long term. It's just going to be finding a contract value to can, to keep him there. Um, but they've also drafted, I think, guys who really fit what they want to do. Uh, Kaminga can transition to a, 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 a Draymond and Iggy type role with his athleticism, his bounce and his IQ yep. movie can also become a nice smart guard who can actually give Curry the backup guard presence. He hasn't had, if he's developed properly, pool can be an elite type of six man in the NBA. So that's something that, you know, uh, in terms of having a dynamic six man score, they haven't had, they didn't have that in their first go around run. They had guys who were good at what they do, making smart decisions, playing off the stars and, and playing as a whole, but they didn't have a, a, a real microwave guy off the bench. They can get, they can have that in pool. He gets under control. And uh, yeah, man. And if Clay comes back and he keeps getting healthier, uh, like you said, if they win this year and Clay's only going to be healthier next year, their younger guys are going to have another uh, year under their belt. They really have a new window, man. It's, it's, you know, we didn't see the vision. We didn't see the vision, but light years is back. Unfortunately, uh, it's just hard for me to see them falling off anytime soon because they're young. They have a good mix of young and old guys, and it's just it's just hard to to see them really falling off. Yeah, and the other Dubs question they wanted to add to that said, "What is the Dubs 
current weakness despite how good they're getting us Benjamin 2000. What's the biggest weakness for the Warriors and which team is best suited to exploit that weakness? Uh, I went over this actually with some Warrior fans. I was talking to two of them. I think in a playoff series, uh, as defense gets tired, they are going to need another shot creator off the ball. I don't know if Jordan Poole is ready to be the second best guy at that uh, on a championship team. Kings did raise a good point a few minutes ago, a few seconds ago, actually, when he said that they actually did not have a guy like that in the 2015 championship run. They actually didn't have a guy like Poole who could create beyond Steph. I just think it's a different game now, even you know six years later. You need guys who can you know compromise the defense off the bounce. I think that's the one thing they're missing. Thing is, they do have the assets to try to make that happen. Also, I don't love their size a lot of the time. I think they need right. one more dependable big. Um, I've heard glowing things about how Wiseman looks as far as we go developing his body. We'll see if you know he took mental reps in his time off. I think of all the rookies or young guys who needed summer league and a whole offseason to work on the game, uh, he was probably hindered the most having to sit it out and just rehab. So I think those are the two issues, another on-ball shot creator and uh, one more dependable big. Yeah, for me, I, I for what you can exploit them with, I think the team that can really exploit them is a jokic. Think a guy who can, can match up with inside out, with Draymond and with their bigs and force those you know, force force those guys on the outside to have to help and then dice them up because that's how LeBron was getting them, right? He was doing inside-out action, dicing up their defense because the guys he was, who was in front of him couldn't stop him. They had to give the help, and he was making the right decision every time. That's the only – that's the type of guy who's going to be able to exploit the Warriors. So I think a Jokic type who can do that inside-out is going to do that. Uh, but like you said, if they get that Wiseman, Wiseman gets that jump and he can put that pressure inside – and really provide the size that they need, the athleticism they need inside, I think that fixes a lot for them. But you're banking a lot on Wiseman, man. That's really what it comes down to. Wiseman is the key for their 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 window because the issues they have, he theoretically solves, but we have to see it. Yeah, that's – I'm interested to see, like, that. how serious this Warriors team is. Uh, they can keep everybody upright. They're going to be a tough out. The, the team – I can't think of a team that I think that's really going to exploit that. There's those things that are just naturally going to hinder you if you don't have those things. Um, but definitely the teams with good centers who are going to make Looney uh, a liability. Um, Phoenix, possibly. Uh, they actually play on the 30th. I'm really going to be paying attention to that. Um, if the Clippers were healthy, I really think Warriors Clippers would be uh, some special basketball. Two teams are going to, you know, spread it out, play small, uh, a lot of movement around their guy. So that would be fun if the Clippers get Kawhi back. I would love to see that. So we'll see how that develops as the season uh, goes on. Now we got a gang of Laker questions. Uh, some of this stuff is actually kind of hilarious. Um, here we go. Grant Hudson, uh, big fan of the show. Hopefully the elbow the little elbow game is a turnaround for the Lakers, but what's y'all over under on how long Frank lasts before Brown gets him up out of here? I got Christmas to the beginning of the year at the latest. And I'll, two other people asked, do you think Frank Vogel's getting fired? So let's start there. Do you think Frank is going to make it through the season? 
<laughs> no, nah, first I said he wasn't, but it really comes down to who can they replace him with. And it's nobody they can replace him with. So I just think by the fact that there's nobody competent that's out there, um, he's not fired. Like, let me put it like this. If Alvin Gentry was on the Lakers, he would have got fired before Luke. But Alvin Gentry's on the Kings, so therefore Luke got fired. So whoever signed Alvin Gentry to be on their bench was whoever was going to fire their coach who was on the hot seat because you get a guy like Alvin Gentry to be on your coaching staff if you don't trust the type of coach you have there, right? That's that's the only reason why you get a coach like Alvin Gentry to be on your staff. But, um, you know, so, so they don't have a coach like that, right? So for me then, it's, it's like can't put Fizdale up there, Um there's nobody on the market that you can get that's going to really help you like that. Um, if they could, if they could do a situation where they could pull a Finch like the T Wolves did, then yeah, maybe they could move on, right? If they can get a nice little up and coming young assistant, but then it's like you trust that guy as good as they are at, on XSOs, you trust them to be able to manage a locker room like the Lakers because that's not, it's also not an easy task to do. So it, it's one of those things they they just have to let it play out. So I, I, I really just don't see him getting fired anymore at this point. You know what's crazy? I, I looked back at some of the articles. Like, they had Tyron Lue. Like, he was interested. They, oh, just, yeah. lo- they just low-balled him. I saw you bring, brought up a couple times about, you know, uh, Genie getting kind of cheap. Yeah. And they low-balled Lue. You know, he was looking for it. And fairly enough, this is Lue has earned it. He's looking for a championship coach compensation which he has proven that he deserves. You look at what he's doing with the Clippers, and he's actually going to have Vogel as a defensive coordinator, which was, oddly enough, which was going to be the plan. But to be fair to Vogel, he did win a championship with this roster, with, with, with the Lakers. So, like, you know, not knocking what he actually did accomplish here. I was just putting that out there. Um, I actually heard from a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy um, oh. that – if the Lakers do move on from Vogel, it's not who you think is going to get. It won't go to Fisdale. They said Handy is actually the inside, the guy on the inside track. That's, that's what I. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been hearing too. I've been so, seeing that. I've been seeing a push for that. I've been seeing a push for Handy to get that one. Right. So that's that's my thing. Is, my thing is Handy so good with development. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how he is with handling in-game adjustments, X's and right. That's a whole different level. That's a whole different level, you know, of who it's not right. sure what, what he is when it comes to that aspect. Right. So that's, you know, something to keep an eye out. <clears throat> Here we go. I think this is not really a question. I think Eduardo just wanted to get some slander off. Uh, LeBron doesn't have the same burst when driving to the rim, and y'all still relying on old-ass mellow. Fell <laughs> out your disgusting offense. Do you honestly think this team is capable of winning a title? Y'all have zero trades to be made, too. Uh, well, tell us how you really feel, uh, Eduardo. Um, I definitely see the stuff with LeBron's burst. I think the main thing I point out with the Celtics game, I think he's still not 100% is. He had uh, Al Horford out in space and couldn't really create an advantage. So I think, you know, that's definitely something to keep an eye on as the season goes on. If, if you know, what LeBron can do athletically. Um, I don't think they were relying on Melo. They just, you know, he's feeding off the attention that AD and LeBron get. They, people are making the right reads. He's getting open shots. I think it's designed that way, not relying on him. The Lakers has been looking for consistent shooting. He's been bringing it. Um, do I honestly, I think this team is capable of winning a title? 
Uh, I'm starting to waver a little bit. I think certain things have to go your way to get to a championship. And I think those top of the West is very good. So they got to start figuring out some things out soon. Um, we'll, we'll see, but I am wavering on that a little bit. Kings. Think the, I think the Lakers win the championship. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so wavering. I'm, there's no wavering for me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys. Let's ask me this question after the deadline. That's my answer. Okay, so basically, we saying no, but we're gonna make some trades. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ask me this question after the deadline. That, that that's what I'll answer you. All right, Eduardo with the slander. All right. This is also this is a good one. All right, from Hoop Fiasco, Hoop A Fiasco. Um, underrated lower level player you want the Lakers to ask about on the trade eligible day, which is December 15th. Yeah, so they're asking who, who's an underrated guy. Yeah, not like a big name. Somebody underrated you think who would really help the Lakers. Contract not uh, ideal. Um, but Terrence Ross is somebody because he can really play off ball in a way that um, he, he has a good on ball skills, but he can really play off ball in a way that guys like Monk and THT can't without needing to get a rhythm. Like Terrence Ross doesn't need the ball in his hands to really get a rhythm. He can just get hot instantly if he's getting good looks. Um, I think also another guy who's under goes under radar, uh, Justin Holiday. I think would be really yes. good. Yes. Team. And I think he'll be – he's a lot. He's also a lot more affordable. So I think that's another good player uh, to look at. Justin Holiday is another good one. Um, I think those two guys will be key guys. Or another one, but he's a buyout type of guy, more than a trade guy. Gary Harris I think is another good one too. Yeah, he actually got paid and then kind of fell off a cliff a little bit with the injuries. But, yeah, that's also – that's one of the – that's what was one of the candidates on my list actually. Um, a guy I'd like them to look about look, – look at – depending on how the salary matches Josh Hart, actually a former Laker. <laughs> um, he, he's been pretty good. And I think the way Pelicans are knowing they have no chance, they're going to look to move guys for assets. So I don't know how the compensation will work, but he's, you know, six, five plays bigger than his size. He fits the wing. Uh, you don't lose much shooting with him this year, shooting it very well from three. We'll see how it sticks. But I think Josh Hart is somebody that they um, definitely should take a look at. So that's just, you know, and I don't know what OKC is doing, um, but I, I asked, you know, about Lou Dort, <laughs> even though I think he might be playing his way out of, uh, out of a gettable price, uh, price range, but you know, that Lou Dort's probably the best contract in basketball, actually given what he signed. You don't need to really come off the asset for that one. Right, so that's that's the only thing, and I, I honestly I have to think about, you know, do you want to trade THT for that guy? Because that's what it's going to take for to get you know a certain level of of help. I think THT is the one asset. A lot of teams would be like, all right, we can see that you know long term, right, helping this team. I don't think anybody. There's not another long term. I like. Do they even have another long term asset? Right, depending on how teams look at Reeves. Right, twenty twenty seven first right, round. See, right, right, and, I, and you know. Do you even trade Reeves? I mean, you got to have some type of youth on your team, right? You can't trade Reeves because right. he also fits the archetype they need. Like, Reeves will actually be a rotation player when the playoffs come, so that's another thing. So you can't trade him. 
because he's a cheap guy who fits, who plays off the stars well and will be able to actually contribute to you. Like, you know, he's he's an actually good player, a good role player. So he has to be retained. All right. All right. Next question. These are mostly Lakers stuff now. What does Frank Vogel need to do to improve rotations and the defense? Um, defensively, I think the Lakers are just struggling there. They just can't contain the ball. That's the main thing, no matter who's out there. Um, the second thing is, I think he's probably just sad part because they won the day. He's not going to see how bad of a process it was before the fight inspired the team. But starting DeAndre Jordan is just like asking for a deficit with some other. This is a terrible match, terrible, because he's not even a good defender anymore. He's just in the way on offense. So it just puts him in a hole. So I think the rotation thing I would change is um, not playing DeAndre Jordan. The other thing I did, he finally stopped playing Baysmore. Um, Every Bradley hasn't been playing great. So I, maybe start Ellington. I don't know. It's, it's just it's, they have three big contracts and a bunch of minimum guys who are playing like minimum guys outside of Melo. So it, it's I, I don't know what the answer is to a lot of the stuff. Or there's nothing. There's no clear answer to a lot of the stuff. Is what I say. Go ahead, Kings. Yeah, man, you can't. That, and that's the problem. Why you can't rely on you can't rely on minimum guys. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Gilbert had to pay Tristan Thompson. There's a reason why he had to pay J.R. Smith. You got to pay some, you know what I mean? Because you have to pay to, you have to retain the talent, bro. Like you can't be cheap and expect to win, bro. Like, like they have to trade. They have they have to trade for a wing, bro. Like they just have to trade for a wing and pray on the buyout. When you trade for that wing, have roles open up and pray you win on the buyout, because. They they just don't have pieces that fit. It's not like even if you even if I say pull DeAndre Jordan off, they don't have a wing to defend the perimeter because Brown's not playing wing defense right now. He's not trying to play defense. Uh, they don't have guard defense because Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play defense, even though he doesn't have an offensive load that he needs to carry. Still doesn't want to defend a high level. So it's like it's like man. <laughs> <laughs> Ask, I really just want to tell people, ask me about the Lakers after the deadline, bro. Like, I just I just really want people to do that because I don't have much good things to say about them. Like, I, I really just don't. The fit is bad. Defense is bad. Just, they're not playing good. They're not playing good basketball. And, you know, it's not like and people keep bringing up Miami, Cleveland, bro. LeBron was 30. He was 27, 28. Like, come on, man. Stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like, those are prime carrying years. And, and, and even Westbrook is old now. Like, you know, he had the younger way. He had young Kyrie. Like, come on, bro. Stop doing that. Stop bringing up cold, completely different rosters and just thinking because they both have LeBron James, it's the same thing. Like, it's not the same thing, man. Like, it's not the same thing. Like, these Lakers are old. The players they have are, are like a clunky fit because at least with the Heat, it was like everybody else was a shooter and a 3 and D guy. Like you had Battier, you had, um, you know, you had Chalmers, you know what I mean? You could call on Norris Cole, you know what I'm saying? You had, you know, you could call on guys who could you could ask to defend when needed, you know what I'm saying? But you, you don't have that with the Lakers right now. So it's like right. just you – they they we need to wait for the deadline and see how they fix holes because it's clear holes on, on the roster. 
And, and you know, like those Cleveland Cavaliers team, people keep saying, oh, they started, they were 19, 19. Well, you know what they did? They traded everyone at the deadline. Because how do you think they got J.R., Shumper, Mozgov, and all those? They traded everybody. So like I said, wait till the deadline. We'll talk. All right. Here we go. All right. Would you trade from Michael Hollick? Would you trade THT for a bigger wing player? And if yes, who would it be? Again, THT is confused. We don't know how much you know how much the Lakers value him. We don't know how much the league around the league values him. I don't know what type of wing you will be able to get. Um, some people put Cam Reddish out there. I don't know if ATL would go for that. Like two way wings who have shown two way potential in their early twenties. Those are highly coveted players. So I don't know if Cam Reddish is realistic. Um, if you're gonna look for anybody in the Hawks, it has to be Bogdanovich. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Bogdanovich. I think because the you know the age factor, but yeah, I, I don't know who you can even trade THT for. He I think his cap hits what ten million. He's on three for thirty, right? He's like yeah. So uh, THT's 10, 10 million basically. Right. Him and together would be fifteen, and I think Bogdanovich is at like uh, I think he's at eighteen. So just them two together, I think, miss the minimum threshold or you may have to just add in one uh, minimum filler, which I, you can just throw in Baysmore to get him out of there. And uh, you can you can get that. You can get uh, Bogdanovich. I think that – I think him and Grant are more realistic targets based on the teams they play for. Uh, Grant being on a rebuilding team that might just want to flip him for assets. And uh, – yeah, see, that, that my, my only thing with Grant, you talk about Jeremy Grant, right? Yeah. I mean, the minute it's known that he's on the board, I just the Lakers just get outbid because yeah, of how good he is. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. I get you. You know what I mean? Like, if, if like, any real contender wanted him, they could get him. Um, it's kind of similar thing with Bogdanovich, too, you know? Yeah. It's just going to come down to how much teams value THC at the end of the day. All right. All right. Knocking these out. All right. Let's go finish with some AB questions. <laughs> what grade from STL made me? What grade would you guys give AD thus far in the season? I'll let you take that one first. <laughs> uh, I'll give him a C. Oh, a C? Yeah, I'll give him a C. Only because he's putting up stats. But, I mean, two – terrible losses to OKC. Um, you know, he's been battling through injury, so I don't question his effort every game, but it's definitely been times mentally where he just looks disengaged, even when he's not, even when he wasn't battling the stomach flu. Um, he's just, you know, that that game with Giannis is like, you know, <laughs> you know, that's that's one of those games where as a as a as a top dog, you're supposed to take that matchup. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, even though the thing with LeBron and KD, it's like every single game, both of them would be cooking each other. You know what I mean? It's like even if somebody, when KD got off, Brown would make sure he got off. When Brown was getting off, KD would make sure he got off. Like it wasn't one of those where they would be like, they would just be fine with the other person cooking and they wouldn't want to do nothing. It's like all-time greats take those type of games personal. You know what I mean? And for him to not take it personal, kind of just, it kind of, I think, hit home to a lot of people, why people say what they say about Anthony Davis. But he's going to get his numbers, he's going to produce, and he's going to be able to put you in positions to compete and win. So, got to give him a C. But in terms of expecting dominance, expecting 
top elite, top five play. He's not doing that. And that's what you're paying him for. That's what you traded the kids for. That's what you got his first season. And you haven't got that since. So that's the type of scale we're grading AD on. It's a C right now. Ooh, that's tough. I'll I'll give him a B. I'll you know, because the the Lakers do have a lot of injuries and eye fitting parts. You still find a way to put in numbers. It's just been, like I said, too many times where I just, I forget a guy that talented is on the basketball court. And that's been my only complaint about AD. And he's not all the way locked in defensively this season for some reason. I know he has to cover for a lot more because it's a lot of bad on-ball defenders on the Lakers this year. But he just hasn't been locked in on that end. That's, you know, but he's just putting up crazy numbers. Um, Not crazy, but just like consistent consistent you know just output which is tough to you know overlook like he's is giving them a baseline of production you just kind of want him to put his imprint on the game more like instead of a silent you know 28 and 10 you know i'll take a loud you know 25 and, and just you know, the timing of buckets they'll you know, make an impact plays on both ends like tonight matter of fact yeah. like sitting down okay late in the game taking him out the game making big shots late just, you know, being a superstar that the Lakers traded for. And yeah. that's kind of what, you know, that's been missing a lot of the season that, you know, it, I don't know if he's still battling injury and not feeling well, but at some point to, to, to the Lakers to reach their ceiling, I think AD is going to have to hit another level. I would have given him a B even with, even with the, um, see, like last year, for example, I gave AD a B last year. Why? Because he competed defensively. He's not competing defensively this year, like like on a consistent basis. He's just not doing it. Like last year, even though he was inconsistent defensively, I think he gave more effort on that end. I think he was uh, being more effective on that end last year. So I, that's why last year I would give him a B because he was battling injury, but he was still effective defensively. And even though offensively he was struggling because that injury, he was still trying to make he was still making impact because he was making himself felt defensively. I don't think he's making himself felt defensively this year uh, or on the glass. So even though he's getting his numbers, he's not making too much impact throughout the game, but he's making enough to make them competitive. And uh, and, and in games that they've won, he has had winning plays, but it's just been too inconsistent. That's why they are where they are. So, um, yeah, he's – like, you know what I mean? It's one thing. Like, you see Jokic, bro. You see how Jokic is playing. He's playing with he's playing with ragtag guys right now, too. I mean, MPJ's out. Uh, I mean, he has some quality guys like Barton and, and whatnot uh, that are giving him some production, but he has to carry that team, and that's what he's, he's doing. You know, if you're an elite guy, if you're an elite big man, that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? That's, what's, that's, the, that's the type of people – that's the type of players people say he is. So that's what he has to do. Like, you can't – you can't say he's this, but not give him those expectations. Like that's corny. That's always been corny. I hate fans who do that because you really, don't believe, you really don't believe in what you're saying, bro. Like you really don't. You're just being a typical biased fan. I, I don't. I don't like having conversations with fans like that. Like, I, like have a that's have a principle, have a standard, stick to it, bro. Like stop. Right, right, right. Like that's corny. Like I don't do that. Right. And that leads us to our last question. Great segue, Kings. Uh, from real deal math, uh, who y'all taking between AD, Jokic, and B to start a team? And how good of a PG is Russ right now? Is he an above average starter with healed and keeping shoulder with last year's team to move the needle better than Russ in the moves right now? 
Well, that's a good way to end. So let's start the first question. Um, AD, Jokic, and B to start a team. Kings, who you got out of the three? I'm taking Jokic. Same, I have the same answer. And like I told people before, I think between AD and B, I think it's even. I think it just comes down to the type of roster you have. Yeah, I just – I got to go with Jokic, man. It's just – there's something about being there every night, right? And then just – very rarely do I watch Jokic and I say, damn, is Jokic playing? It's like he has his imprint on the game, whether he's scoring 30 or he has, you know, 19 because he's dominant in some other fashion, whether it was through the playmaking or facilitating. And I just, you know, it actually – from, you know, Embiid's standpoint – they call Anthony Davis, you know, day-to-day Davis. Embiid's the one who's got the health issues more so if you look at the, at the actual games played. So that's his issue. And I just think, you know, this isn't the worst thing. In the world. People take it to right. I think AD's just more comfortable being a supplement, a supplemental guy. Yeah. I think that's just where his, you know, his disposition is. And you saw that in 2020 when, you know, when LeBron was, he was very comfortable like playing off LeBron, yeah. eating off him. And just that that's where he looked his best. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just kind of is what it is. And we have to look at him through that lens instead of, uh, you know, is he on Giannis's level, which I, I think we can all say as of right now, that's, you know, kind of unfair to compare the two right now, despite what we think their skill sets are. Giannis might end up a top 10 player all time. Yeah, see, that's the trajectory Giannis is on. That's, that's you know, that's what I'm saying. Um, second question, how good of a PG is rest right now? Um, I'll say the last few games, he's looked a lot better. I'll say that overall, you know, he's probably a little bit above average in the whole grand scheme of things, looking at, you know, his effect on actual winning the game and not just numbers. Um, where do you have him? Yeah, that's really, that's really it above average because uh, he's not, I mean, as a playmaker, he, he, he still makes good reads, but he makes a lot of bad decisions. He's also likes to hunt. Uh, he also likes the hero ball, but he still makes some. He still makes a lot of plays, but it's just inconsistent. You know, with the amount of good plays he makes, he also makes amount the same amount of bad plays. You know what I mean? For somebody making forty four million, that's a problem. You know, what I mean, if he was making, if he was like making Schroeder contract, like you know <laughs> I mean, if he was making Schroeder's contract last year. You know, sixteen million doing this, it's not a problem because you're making sixteen million. You'll probably get other players to help you out. And we're moving just fine, but you're making 44 million. So if you're making 44 million, that means you need to be uh, having eight to two assist to turnover ratio, especially if you're not, you're not being asked to score a lot because you're playing off LeBron and AD. So you should be having a great assist to turnover ratio. You should be having, uh, uh, you should be doing your job on the boards. Like you, that, that's part of your skill set. You should be defending more than anything else. You know what I mean? Like, he should be playing. He should be having more of a Jason Kidd type game, with 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 playing off LeBron and AD. You know, God. being good offensively, getting boards, making smart reads, and getting you know what I mean, getting a lot of assists as a as a secondary playmaker. Like that's how he should be playing. But he's trying to be an. He's trying to be a star off other stars who are better than him, and he's he himself has lost a step. Like, that's just what it is. I mean. Um, the Lakers also don't have the the type of build around him to get him going because part of what got him going with the Wizards, people don't understand he was a good fit on the Wizards. The Wizards had a lot of four spacers. Like, they had a lot of four spacers. They ran one big, you know what I mean? They had Bradley Bill, who was a, who was a shooting threat. Uh, obviously, Batons, 
and you know what I mean Rui who could who could shoot and it's like they were able to space the floor and just have Russ rim run all day. But the Lakers don't they can't play like that. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. Bron can't play like that. I mean Bron can space a little bit here and there, but he's not you don't want him to be just four spacing and then A D he's not a real four spacer. You know what I mean? And then right. they you know, so it's like and then they have a lot of guys who can shoot but need the ball in their hands. So it's like Russ needs to be an off ball guy on the Lakers. So he's just not he's being like you said, he's above average, but he's getting paid forty four million. So above average is not even close to good enough to how he should be playing. Yeah, that uh that uh let Russ run the show week was definitely wild on uh <laughs> oh let put Brown off the ball. Man, um Last one, got to get spicy. He asked, the last question he asked, would healed and keeping shoulder with last year's team move the needle better than rest of the moves right now? Ooh. I'll, ask, I'll go ahead and answer. I've been saying on time, like, hell yeah. <laughs> Bro, I, don't understand what, I don't understand what everybody's, I don't understand what everybody's talking about, dude. Like, like really, like, you keep shooting, you keep, you get, people keep saying, oh, what is Buddy Hill wouldn't do anything? Bro, why do you guys keep talking about Buddy Hill as if it would just be him? You get Buddy Hill, you get KCP, you get Caruso, you get Schroeder. Your whole perimeter defense changes. Right. Your perimeter defense changes on the at the guard spot. You you get you still can sign Trevor Reza to his minimum. You still have that wing deficiency, but now it's not as pressing because you can actually wait till the buyout. You can actually maybe move like a KCP, right? You know if he's not if he's not performing, or even move healed if he, if he's underperforming for an uh, uh, actual wing. Or just wait to the bow for another wing. You know what I mean? Because now you have guys though who you can trust on defense, or you have a buddy heel who's an elite floor spacer who's just gonna spot up at a high level as well as be able to shoot off the bounce off of pick I, and yeah, roll. But my big thing when people hearing people talk about here's some Lakers fans talk about Buddy Hill. I was like, I don't know they never the you yeah, you've never watched <laughs> Buddy Hill play. He she, she shoots off the bounce, bro. If you ran right. a pick and roll with Buddy Hill and AD, they're not going under that screen. Right. Like you don't understand that. Like they're literally not going under the screen. They can't because Buddy Hill will shoot that three every single time and he can make it. So you know what I mean? So it's like it, it's some and it's like for me, people are like, well, their record wouldn't be better than now. But it's like, bro, do you care about the Lakers winning in November? I don't care. Right. Like, I don't care how they look in November. I care about what does this team look like in the playoffs? Will this team have a better fit in the playoffs when it matters and when you're putting the ball in LeBron's hands? Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody asks for. But we're right. going to put a ball in LeBron James. <laughs> well, then build the team around LeBron James then. Why are you right. having Russell Westbrook there? If you're if you're saying to me that you're, when it matters, you're just going to have LeBron James handle the ball. Well, then build the team that makes LeBron James and Anthony Davis looks the best. Like, right. that's the logic that you should be having. Like, if that's what if – t- if that's how the team is going to win, that's the logic you need to be having. It's to build the team, to build the team around those two guys. So it's like, bro, I get it. You want the Westbrook stuff to work because you want to feel validated. You want to win a chip. Speaking into existence, as you have to, bro. But look, y'all, don't, don't. I hope you have if if I hope you have excuses ready. If they don't make deadline <laughs> moves, just hope we have the excuses and the narrative points ready, bro. Because we know how Russ plays in the playoffs, bro. Like it's just. It doesn't need to be said over and over again. Woo. We're going to end with that. Uh, I think I agree with you. They probably wouldn't have a worse record because LeBron is out without what they went that route last year. But the long game wise, I definitely could see why somebody would say, give me healed 
and Schroeder, and then have those other supplemental pieces and, back. And those guys, and those guys with even with that bad drumming pickup, those guys were actually still competing. You know what I mean? Those right, guys were competing right. last year. So if you if you get those guys and you add a heel to it, you know what I mean? Like they 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 could compete. Like if you add a heel to them, they could compete and still maintain. Like do you do, does that team lose two games to OKC? No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't lose two games to OKC. Like so, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> Make sure you follow at its gigs, bro, on Twitter. Myself, JJ was fifty five underscore MST. Um, you know when the Cowboys beat the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Uh, looking forward to next week's show. Rubbing that in. <laughs> It's hard. It's, it's hard now. Kings don't like his quarterback, so it's rough right now. He don't like his quarterback. But, 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 but you know, Temple Hoop, we we gonna try and see if we can make a an appearance on our good friends at the Deep Thirds podcast. <laughs> see if we can make an appearance for the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving pod. Yeah, we gonna we we, we gonna see what's happening at that. Uh, anyway, hit follow, subscribe on the pod, leave us feedback. We appreciate that. Appreciate you guys tapping in, and yes, we are out of here. Peace, y'all.